Day 24. Mobility continues to have some challenges, but after three weeks we have worked out mostly how to cope with stairs. This essentially involves the indignity of going up and down on my bottom. This has gradually improved with practice. When we go out, there is a different system involving a plastic ramp which Ailsa moves after I have traversed each of the three steps from the hallway to the driveway on my scooter. Ailsa does a lot to help me getting anywhere. Today, I'm thankful for mobility and for having help and resources to make getting about easier. Where Psalm 23 starts with a personal statement, The Lord is my shepherd, Psalm 24 also starts with a declaration about the Lord, but it is a universal statement that applies to everybody, everything, everywhere. The earth is the Lord's. God has dominion over the earth because he created it. He laid the foundations from the beginning. The statement about the sovereignty of the Lord is followed up with a question. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Saviour. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates, lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty, he is the King of glory. If every living thing belongs to the Lord, what is the nature of the relationship? Where do human beings stand in relation to this powerful, holy creator? Who can have access to God? Who can stand in his presence? What are the qualifications for entry? You may have stood at a kiosk in an airport and answered questions to determine your eligibility to enter your destination or been asked a series of questions during COVID to be allowed admission to a restaurant or store. Potential students will consider and weigh the entry qualifications for a particular course or university. Graduates applying for a job may need to meet essential requirements. To work or visit another country may require a special visa or permit. There are many places and experiences where there are entry qualifications, 
But this is perhaps the biggest question of all. Who can come into God's presence? David spells out the criteria. Those who may enter require clean hands and a pure heart. What we do matters, and God is also concerned with what is going on inside us, our loves, desires and motivations. Two further qualifications are mentioned. We are not to trust in idols, nor are we to swear by a false god. These both involve giving to and putting faith in things that human beings have made. They will not guarantee access or even the promised success. False gods are, in short summary, false. They are empty of love and hollow of power. Those who meet these qualifications will receive blessing and vindication from God their Saviour. Of course, no one can meet this standard. No one has clean hands and a pure heart. It will be Jesus, ultimately, who passes this test and opens up the way of blessing and vindication. But for David, it is aspirational. He sees a generation who will be God's own, a generation who will seek him, and then, addressing God directly, who will seek your face, God of Jacob. The key is seeking God's face, not just his hand. It is less about securing what we want and more about knowing who God is. David imagines a generation who will seek God and have relationship with him. The last part of the psalm is a refrain about gates and ancient doors. Having considered access, who can come in and imagine the generation who want to come in? We are reminded of the privilege of access into God's place. Impressive buildings or the homes of the rich, famous or influential often have impressive gates. You can't just park at their door and ring the bell. You need to get past the security of the gates. Interestingly, the idea communicated here is that these are God's gates and as such, he has access. The gates are instructed to lift up their heads, the ancient doors to also lift up. Why? So that the king of glory may come in. Who is this? Who are you talking about? The King of glory, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. The instruction to the gates and the accompanying questions are repeated again. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty, he is the King of glory. This psalm may have been written to celebrate the arrival of the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem, but the language prefigures a greater entry still to come. The song of the entry of the mighty God, the King of glory. And in this we can see a picture of Jesus 
re-entering heaven. We can come in because we are with him, the king of glory who made the earth and everything in it, the Lord Almighty. This is the same Lord who is our shepherd. He will give us access.